0: Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast, and around here our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. You begin with your mind and alignment, you're limitless and you are powerful. Today we have with us Marianne Hughes, welcome. Thank you so much, so happy to be here, Christy, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so your business is Special Family Transitions, and we're going to be talking today about how to get through the holidays with a neurodivergent child. This I'm excited to talk about this. You know, I'm in a world full of healers and alternative modalities and methods and mindsets and you know, so I'm I'm on that side of it all the time but hearing from somebody who is on you know the the end of it where you have to receive and figured out a lot of those methods and modalities. So, yeah, welcome. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got here and
1: Sure. Yeah, happy to do that. So I am a mom of two boys on the autism spectrum. So for those who are familiar with that, my boys are on the opposite ends of the spectrum, meaning one um, is more high functioning, as some people say, where he can do a lot of things, has a lot of skills and um, drives and goes to school and does a lot of things. Whereas my other son, so that, that that boy has some challenges in some other areas. And then my other son has more challenges in that he'll always rely on me for support. He'll never be fully independent or be able to hold a job or go to post-secondary education, but he has his own skills. And so over the past uh, 20 plus years, as I've been raising my kids, I've had to learn and grow and adapt to be able to meet their needs and help them reach their full potential as well, as we're still working towards. And so um, as a mom trying to navigate all that and having recently gone through a Divorce a few years ago, which led me to my new path to help special needs families going through divorce. I'm trying to figure out how to help people, and so one of the ways I do that is through special needs divorce coaching. So that's kind of the path I'm on for most of my my work. But but I'm also what I'm doing recently is um, just to share information with the special needs community and those families dealing with autism and how to get through the holidays. Holidays can be a very difficult time in terms of Um, The children having different expectations and the families and trying to meet all the demands and all the sensory overwhelm that sometimes can be related to that. So a lot of kids on the spectrum may um, not uh, maybe just be overwhelmed by everything going on and may not uh, be able to participate in some of the activities like maybe their family members or extended family members may like them to who maybe don't know them as well as their day-to-day family. So people who come in from out of town or those that don't normally spend a lot of time with them may don't not know what they are able to do and how to best uh, approach their needs the way they need it. And so what I've done recently is I started a series, like 30-second clips or less, of how to support your kids and how, as a parent and family members, you can enjoy the holidays without too much stress. And so happy to talk about some of those kind of tips and Um, whatever else you think would be helpful to your audience.
0: Let's pull a card first. We got our cards here. We're going to pull a card. And the card for you is what is your biggest source of pain right now? Pain. Okay. Well, um,
1: so the pain I've had to deal with has been, I guess in getting through the divorce, which I'm through. So I've, I've gone through hopefully most of my pain associated with that and tried to turn that into something positive to help other people. And that's how I became a divorce coach and sort of a divorce coach and so on. And so um, granted, there's still some pain and some of it is, I guess, the expectations that you have of other people and how mm-hmm. you think things should be, and especially around the holidays, because you have certain ideas. About how you'd like things to be, and how you'd like other family members or ex-family members to um, celebrate holidays and so on. And we recently had some birthdays in the family, and I guess I had a different, maybe view of how those um, could have been better. Um, but you know, I guess the point is everybody's going to. Um, handle situations and celebrate in their own way. And so I think we have to just respect that the other person, um, we we can have our own way of thinking about things and they're gonna do things their own way. And I think when you come to peace with that, then everyone's better off.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that. What your experience with children that are neurodivergent, what are those differences? What, you you know, you had mentioned um, sensory overload and things like that. Share with us, just educate us a little bit on uh, on the things that you deal with and how that is amplified during the holidays and and how can people that don't really understand or relate to it um, be able to, you know, educate us so we can be compassionate and make, if that shows up in our lives or our friends or whatnot, how can we be compassionate and attribute to the good side of things, the fun and making it lovely for everyone?
1: Sure, so for instance, a common activity is going out to see Santa and having Santa photos. And that can be a very difficult experience with those with sensory sensitivities. They may not like all the crowd, they may not like the noise, they may not like a strange person holding them, like who's this? you know, scary man in a red suit who wants to touch me, why do I have to pose for these photos? So for the first several years, our Santa photos were a disaster. Um, What I've found over the years is that um, taking natural photos is best, so don't make them pose with somebody that they don't know they may think is creepy or scary. They may have stranger danger or just not like other people, and that's okay. Well, I mean, in my mind, that is applicable to all children. (laughs) Sure, for sure, for sure. But they all have something called sensory Santas these days and sensory friendly activities. And so um, I know several malls offer these uh, kind of sensory Santa, sensory friendly Santas. And that way you can make special appointments on special days, certain times where they will take more time. They won't rush you through the appointment. That person is maybe trained in terms of how to speak and how to um, interact with that child. And so that makes for a much more positive experience. Oh, that's great
0: that's for everybody. Yeah. Do that. That's really great. Yeah, I, I could see that being, you know, noise and crowds and stimuli in every direction. I mean, that's hard for even just a highly sensitive person.
1: <laughs> All right, Rod. And even when you have your celebrations at home, if you have like big family gatherings or you go somewhere in public, you want to celebrate the holidays that may itself be overwhelming as well. And so do what you can to prepare the child for those kind of activities. I like to create something called social stories, which are ways to prepare the child for what's gonna come next, what to expect. Maybe have family photos of those individuals if you know who's coming and, and uh, or describe the activities, kind of the schedule of events, because they're used to, a lot of kids on the spectrum like things done in a certain way and have a set schedule. Well, during the holidays, first of all, you're on vacation, so your schedule's all different anyway. And then you're doing things and going places that you normally wouldn't go. So letting people know what to expect and kind of what that will look like, I think, helps decrease the anxiety and gets them uh, hopefully more on board and, and uh, more willing to participate in those activities.
0: Yes. So out of my genuine curiosity, how share with us a little bit about how to there was a I used to do in-home sales. I was a designer, so I'd have to be in the home for my job. And there was a situation where um, this family had quite a few children, but one of them was autistic. I, I you, it was very it was an extreme case. And he would run and then run up and put his face right in my face. And I was aware enough of what was happening that I was able to, you know, stay calm and React, but I could see some people just being really uncomfortable with that. Um, share with us, educate us a little bit about situations like that and how to handle them lovingly and compassionately, and to be able to maybe connect with that child if that's even possible.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, every child on the spectrum is going to be different. So, what I say about one situation may not apply to another child you may meet on the spectrum. Um, uh-huh. they say every child with autism is. You know, one child with autism, you've met one child with autism. And so, yeah, some are uh, can be more social than others and some um, are not. And so um, kind of take the parent's lead. You can ask them, you know, what does your, your child like? I mean, that's the best way. And uh, some parents when they have newly diagnosed children are still trying to figure that out. So that becomes a challenge even for family members. Um, but, you know, as you would with any kind of child, just kind of take it slow take it easy, respect them as an individual. And either they'll, sometimes they want to be close and sometimes they want to keep their distance. So you'll have to kind of gauge that. And some may be verbal and some may be not. Some may have repetitive type, what they call stimming type of um, movements. They may either repeat words or phrases or sounds or embodied movements. And that's just kind of sometimes it helps them relax to do that. And um, maybe that's some, sometimes the way of communicating um, and expressing themselves you know, to the world and trying to indicate um, what's going on inside. So there's also different ways that they can come across and and so on, but um, yeah, they're just trying their best to um, communicate in the way they can um, to uh because of the way, basically the way their, their brain is wired. So even though uh, they may want to communicate and interact, it's really hard for them to do that.
0: Yeah. So you're saying, be curious. And I think, I think that gives us permission, right? Because in that case, I didn't know how to respond or react. I didn't know what to ask. I, you know, those things, but I wanted to be loving and not, surprised or shocked you know at that that experience or so just be curious. And-
1: yeah and I would say if you if you're somewhere in public and I usually you did a great job so I, I applaud you for that but sometimes I think a lot of parents have a hard time when they go out in public and so some people who don't understand and aren't as compassionate may give them some looks or make comments or like say well your child is kind of old be having a tantrum like that or you know what's wrong with him or those kind of things and those things are hurtful to the parents because they are doing their best. Sometimes it's even hard to take a child out in public. And sometimes people, you know, don't. I mean, I had went through phases where one of my kids had a real hard time um, having appropriate social behaviors in public. So for a long time, we didn't try to do that much. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, if you can lend a hand, you know, great. And sometimes they need to have their tantrum and get over that, that's okay too. But just, uh, yeah, do what you can to support that family. and. Um, Yeah. know that every day is every day is a struggle sometimes for that, that family and that child.
0: Yeah. Don't be judgmental jerks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So share with us a little bit about your work, working with, um, parents who are going through a divorce and dealing with things that, I mean, that's already hard enough. And then now you have these children that are probably feeling all the feelings and have their own stuff to deal with. So share with, Share with us your work and how that.
1: What, yeah, what that yeah. Happen. So, yeah. So, sadly, uh, special needs families. Um, there's a rate of about 80% of divorce among special needs families, uh, which is you know way higher than just neurotypical families. And so that presents its own set of challenges in itself. And so when I was going through, I found that there wasn't much support for either me or my kids going through the process. And so my main intent at the time was making sure that my kids had what they need. Uh, during and after the divorce and so in trying to find ways to support them the professionals that was really hard because a lot of people don't specialize in that or and they're hard to find and also to support you through the divorce process so um, so most of my work is supporting the parents but I've also done things um, and I have videos out there that I can I can link to that show how to support um, the children as well. And I think in the future, I'll spend more time on that. But most of my work is spent um, helping the parents go from the emotion to the business of divorce, which is what law of divorce coaches do. But mine is even takes it to another level to share with them what in a special needs divorce, I'd like to call it, what you need to consider and do to be successful and get through that process. A lot of things you have to do to uh, make sure that your child's needs are going to be met and that their benefits won't be jeopardized in the future based on how the decree is written, based on things they may be eligible for for the government and so on. And so, um, you've got to be real careful and work with um, attorneys and specialists who are familiar with all those aspects.
0: Yeah. So, how can people find you or? Um, You know, if they want to talk to you or learn more about what you do, what what does that? Yeah.
1: So my uh, company name is Special Family Transitions. So all my uh, information can be reached through go through my website, which is uh, specialfamilytransitions.com. I have a Facebook page, Instagram, even TikTok, all by the uh, and YouTube, all by the same name. Um, And what I've also put together just to help people get started, in addition to the three things and webinars I, I post on my social media, is I created a one-hour course, kind of taking my best tips and my learnings from the past several years and kind of condensing that so that people can get kind of a quick um, way to learn information and learn how to be successful. And I create a system called RISE, R-I-S-E, where each of those letters stands for different things to um, to do and how to proceed and act during the divorce so that you can get
0: the best, best result going forward. Nice. So what advice do you have for moms out there who are, who have gone through a divorce, have a neurodivergent child and are dealing with the holidays? What what would you say to her? I would say just do the best you can.
1: It's never going to be perfect. Um, You know, just kind of take your child's lead in terms of what they're ready for. Um, especially if you're having to um, share time with the other parent um, that may, you know, make sure you, make sure you co-parent or parallel parent, depending on your case um, in as positive fashion as you can, definitely don't involve the child in any kind of um, issues you may have with the other parent, but put the child first. So I would say in the divorce and even after, always put the child first. And if you do that, then I think everyone's better off.
0: Nice. Well, good. Well, we will put your information in the description and those that are resonating with this can reach out to you. And that course sounds amazing. Um, there's, you know, I think just getting information out for, for everybody to understand and be loving and compassionate can help, you know, as we, I work with women, women healers oftentimes and, the, getting them and their message heard so that they can spread that education and that awareness is what I'm passionate about. And even when it's topics that we're not aware of, we will come across it at some point in time. And so I believe in educating ourselves so we can show up with love and compassion and support and all the good things. So thank you for sharing. Thank
1: you. And I totally believe in your mission. I mean, you asked at the very beginning um, about, you know, the, the mindset aspect, being a receiver of that Well, also, that's another thing I, I share with my clients is I think part of the first step in being successful in a divorce or anything, or even in raising a special needs child is your mindset. If you go with the attitude that you're going to be successful, then you will, it can be overwhelming, everything around you, you know, maybe crazy. But if you know that you have a goal and what you want to work for,
0: for you and your child, then, then you'll get there. Yeah, that's, that's a good mindset just to look at too. Just be intentional. Know that you can succeed, that you'll get through it. And you'll get there with that positive mindset. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. With a, that's a great ending point. We'll leave everybody with that, with that mindset tip. And we will see you on the next one.